Hi everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is Kat here. I've been going to a bunch of networking events and talks just to learn more and expand my my mind and take in new perspectives. Um, and I just wanted to talk about um, one that I went to last month. It was a fireside chat with Kellogg professor Nicholas Pierce and Laura Balaz. She's the CMO of Intuit. And they were talking about his new book, The Purpose Path, A Guide to Pursuing Your Authentic Life's Work. And I was totally drawn by the title, um, and that's why I went to the event. It was put on by the Kellogg Alumni Club, and I am not part of the Kellogg Alumni Club, but it was a public event. So yeah, I went. And I'll just dive right into it. I just thought it was such a fascinating conversation, um, just really interesting points and perspectives being brought up. I feel like um, he is just able to express into words uh, about humans and life and our purpose, um, things that we kind of have ideas or inklings about, but then he just expresses it so well. And so I just think that's definitely his gift um and so in his book he talks about something called vocational courage vocation is your calling in life related to work um and he he, i love how he pairs it with the word courage because it takes courage to go for your calling and to fulfill your calling in life he says vocational courage is made up of two things one clarity on one's life work Second, commitment to live it out every day, which takes courage. And when you have this vocational courage, you're able to live a high integrity life. And he defines integrity as where your behavior aligns with your values. Um, That is just a beautiful way to encapsulate everything. Um, He says when you're thinking about, you know, your purpose, he says one question you can ask yourself is, what is the work I can't not do with my life? And that's such a clever way to put it because oftentimes we're asking ourselves, what can I do with my life? You know, and that is so open and broad and, you know, it's easy to to get lost with the answer for that question because like, you know, we might have experiences and things, we might have developed some skills and things, but like just because we have those skills and things, it's like, we could do those, but should we do those, right? And so I love how this question, even though it's a de- double negative, it forces you to distill it down. It, it gives it more urgency and focus. You know, what's the work I can't not do with my life? Um, so um, this professor, he his background is actually, he studied chemical engineering at MIT. He goes on to... Uh, get his PhD at Kellogg University and now he's a professor there and um, he sees himself as a teacher. He's a preacher at his local church. He's a writer, you know, he published this book. He's a researcher. He's a professor. He's like all these different things and he kind of just embraces all of these different roles he has and it's not just any one thing because I think our society just boxes us into like, what's your job title? Like, what's your one job title? Like, no, he's like not not just a professor. He's like all of these things. And um, it's really beautiful how he sees that all of these aspects of his life are just really important um, and just part of his calling. He calls it like a hybrid career, I think he mentioned. Um, 
And when it came, it's easy to just like look at him and, and to say like, oh, he's got it all figured out. He's figured out his calling. But it's like it's an ongoing thing, right? And he says that it's progressively revealed to you, your calling. It's not like you wake up and all of a sudden have it in your, like you just have the answer. Um, and it's not like you have to go out there and like dig for it and look for it under a rock. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, reveal to you these little nuggets along the way and he says a calling is not a goal to be achieved but a gift to be received um and i think it's just such it puts it in a perspective like it it it's a more peaceful and calming way to look at it as opposed to like this is a to-do list item to like figure out, out my calling it's more of like the calling will come to you um and he describes it as listening to the voice of vocation so that the hints that you get, you're open to receiving them and acting on them. Um, so he also wants to make the distinction that um, it's not exactly following your passion because he says that that can be misleading a little bit because uh, you hear the terms thrown around like follow your passion. Um, and he says that things that you really like aren't necessarily your calling or your vocation. So, you know, a lot of us like to travel, eat good food, stuff like that, go to the movies, things like that. Um, we could be super passionate about sports that we play stuff, but, you know, we're not, we might not be professionals in that, you know, that might not be our calling. And so he just wants us to be careful of like that purpose can be different from what we're passionate about. Um, and that purpose can be seen as the question, why am I here? And um, if we are really acting on our, and we're on our purpose path and fulfilling it, working towards it, he says at the end of the day, you get this feeling that you did with your day what you thought was worthy of your life. And you can say today was a good day. That is just such a powerful, beautiful way to put it, you know, to like really think about like, what is it that we can do within a day um, and that it makes it worthy of our life. Um, so yeah, I'll read it again because I just love the way he put it. You did with your day what you thought was worthy of your life. Today was a good day. Um, he also we started the the conversation also shifted towards talking about silicon valley and like how do we apply everything that he's talking about purpose and calling and how do we apply it to living in silicon valley uh where everything's just so fast and like nobody has any time everyone's rushing from place to place and he says that you know it's really uh, we have to be careful because right now the human experience is being progressively dehumanized by technology and whatnot like you know I I guess I never really stopped to think about like the dehumanization that's going on. It's like, um, for example, it's clearly in, in a lot of business tools. Like for like small business owner like myself, like we need more tools to like automate things so that, you know, we can leverage it and they make the most use of our time. But then it takes the human element out of things, right? Like when you automate things, when you have like a chat bot on your website, like, and and the customer is not talking to a human like that is just taking away from 
the human experience and the human connection. And so we just, as, as we create and develop these technologies, like we just need to be careful of the impact, um, that we're having on, on our, on our lives here. Um, that he also, um, used an interesting term called human, instead of being human beings, we've become human doings, where we're always focused on doing, doing, like, what can we do? And how can we do it more quickly? You know, instead of focusing on like, who we want to become, the humanity of it all. Um, So he's just calling us to really slow down, um, which sounds like impossible to do. But I mean, I felt called to slow down so many times in the last two years of my journey. It's just like we need to slow down and reflect like is what I'm doing the best use of my time, of my life? Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Or am I going on autopilot, just rushing and just trying to get through things and trying to do as much as possible? Um, He says that you can't really reflect if you're just like always going and going and going. So um, he emphasizes the importance of rest that um, even any physical thing needs rest. Like even our devices, our phones, sometimes need to be rebooted and restarted. It's um, everything (laughs) needs a period to reset reset and restart. And um, he says that we continue to think that we don't need to by just like, we just keep going and that we need to see rest not as reward but that's something that's necessary um so yeah he calls us to just be more self-aware and to have that reflection time um he also says that you know we need to be careful about dehumanization in the workplace too it's like we have these big companies um where you know we can't just see people as a commodity that like we just hire them and then like they move on or we just like replace them. And he says like a really good manager is someone who cares about my personhood and not just my productivity. And I really like how he put that, like just using the word personhood, like we're human beings. We have feelings, we have needs, like we're not just robots that churn out work. And so it's, there's always that need for really good managers to be able to develop these these people in our workplaces and the question about managing always comes down to like oh how can we manage people to get them to be the best that they can but he he talked about it from a different angle like what do you do with a rock star employee someone who's like so good at what they do like as a manager, are you um, diminishing them by keeping them in that role that you need them to play for your team? Because um, he says that retention isn't always good. We t- always talk about like having low turnover is like a good thing to have and having high retention is good. But like sometimes if someone is really amazing at what they do, like are we holding them back from doing what they're called to do by keeping them on this team in this role? And so he calls man he wants managers to also encourage vocational courage within their teams within the people that they manage because he sees it as like a manager's job to like launch and release people into the space that they belong um and that might be somewhere that's like not on your team um so um it's about he he uses the phrase connecting soul with role um And I think that's really important to be careful of because, you know, like we have different roles within um, these companies and like 
sometimes the roles just don't fit anymore and you just need to be aware of like have I outgrown this role or do I need to do something else and like um and he sees it as like you know we're kind of he sees people as like transcending above their career trajectory trajectory it's not just about like the the specific roles or the titles or whatever it's more like our life will become a cocktail of different careers um and yeah i feel like my life is my journey has been a cocktail of different careers too you know being an author or being an engineer and being a personal stylist it's like all these different things and and it's it's not the important thing is not so much the specific title or the role that i'm doing but more of like the person that I'm becoming, which is the same throughout, it's like my personhood is the same throughout all of these. It's just developing and growing as I have more experiences. And he describes a career as like a platform to do your life's work. Um, so I thought that was just a really interesting way to, to see it, to see people, to see management and careers. So um, yeah, he just, he pointed out another thing that a lot of us are, public successes and private failures and I mean that's so true I feel like um, people they might have like all the fancy job titles maybe some high-ranking position within a company or in their own business and stuff and you just like share all the highlights on social media or whatever but then like inside you might feel like a failure that you're not good not doing good enough or you could be doing more or that you feel like an imposter and so I think his work around the purpose path is really to get people to feel aligned and to feel good about the work that they're doing um so yeah it reminds me of another thing that was said in church a while back about like this um uh sports I forget even what sport it was maybe a baseball player who was like really successful in his career but then he felt like it was a mask that behind that mask of all that success that that there was still work that he needed to do internally um about how he felt about himself and and stuff so yeah it's um uh I love that he said that so um, he tied it back to also raising his own child. So he has a young son right now. Um, and as a new parent, you know, he's being mindful of how he's raising his child. And instead of asking his son, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, that's something that we all ask. We're all guilty of asking kids that. It, it's like an unfair question, actually, when you think about it. And he says that, you know... It's when you ask that question, you focus on the what, like what does this person, what does this child want to become? But the 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 fact is that the job or whatever that they become in the future might not even be a, a job. And it was easier before when there was like defined roles, like lawyer, doctor, whatever, teacher. But like now, there's like all these sorts of roles that never existed before when we were young, like social media manager, whatever, like. How would anyone, when they were a child, how would they know they were going to become that? So I think um, he really wants to focus on who does this child want to become in the future? Because that, again, is going to be transcendent across different careers and roles. It's like uh, more about who he is as a person. So, um, yeah, he sees his role as, as a parent to be a tool in the formation of his child. Um and to help guide his child 
to figure out like what are the problems that the child wants to focus on or to solve um, when he grows up or like what is the impact that the child wants to have on the world in the future and stuff I mean his his son is like really young I think less than five years old but it's like that's how he sees his role is and I think that that's a it's a beautiful way to see parenthood um switching topics well not switching topics but like um, another story that he shared was about purpose how it doesn't have to be like some grandiose purpose that like impacts millions and billions of people and like that is like just kind it doesn't have to be like the 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 celebrities or the founders that we kind of put on a pedestal in our culture it's like you can find purpose in your job like if you even if you impact a small number of people like if you're a caregiver um or stay-at-home parent or something like that it's 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 the meaning that you attach to it and the significance that you attach to it so he was talking about how so he teaches his class right at the university and afterwards he'll talk to um, some of the staff like who are cleaning the chalkboards and he's talking to this one person and this person who's cleaning the chalkboards just saw their role his his or her role as like being really important because it would help facilitate the environment to make it easier for the students to learn and so he was connecting he or she was connecting their work of cleaning the classroom to helping the students learn better and um they were also sending their they were also um sending their kids to school as well uh they were in the the their kid was like in the process of getting a master's degree or something and so there was great pride in in how the person described the work that they were doing was being used to support their child um so um uh the professor was just talking about how you know this person has has identified their purpose um in terms of helping the students in their community but also like how the finance like the finances from or the money from the job would go to support their family and so that just like gave this person a lot of purpose in their work so i really liked that example that it doesn't have to be some over the top grand vision but that just feeling like aligned um and um seeing why the work that you do matters so yeah um that those were the main points you know um oh I'll close with this he talked about how um in our culture we laud the butterfly we put the butterfly we we talk about how amazing the butterfly is or just like how beautiful it is and you know we we kind of glorify the accomplishments and the big successes but then you know it's really a journey that from caterpillar to butterfly like it the metamorphosis that has to happen it's like an uncomfortable ugly glam non-glamorous process it's messy and it's uncomfortable to become what you're becoming and so he just wants to emphasize that, you know, to embrace the process, that that is often not glorified, like the grunt work and stuff. That's not glorified in the media or anything like that. Uh, we don't celebrate that, but really that's where the work happens. Um, so, yeah, I think um, just taking in all all these words of wisdom um, it just I felt like it stuck with me, um, and I see how it play or I, 
I feel like I'll I'll create new connections with it because like this talk happened maybe like over a month ago. Oh, or I don't know, I'm losing track of time, but like I'll see like, oh, like this is where society is being dehumanized or or needs more of a human experience or human element to it or like just I don't know. Um recognizing more like that um you just have to be open to the things that the calling that is progressively revealed to you um so yes stay open (laughs) um and just keep listening for like uh what's coming in your life so i hope you um found this valuable and i will talk to you all next time take care bye